What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. Joining us today is the super talented Mr. Sakani Solomon. I'm Sakani. What's up, everyone? And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. And MoGraph.com. Check us out there. TikTok. Did you see the TikTok I did this week for the camp thing? That was really good. I really liked that one. We almost did the thing yeah, with yeah, the fists, yeah. you know, and yeah. I didn't. I did. Yeah. I Sh- that. Sham sent me a message. She's like, she's like, I think you and I are the only people who would even understand what that is. <laughs> no, she's like, I, I feel it. like this message is for me. Right. You know? I got to say, though, like, uh, uh, TikTok-wise, I have, I have found myself just like, especially with like just it, it it's like there's a there's a 7 day news cycle but they repeat so much of it on like reddit you know so you read the same things mm. over and over again all week and then tiktok it's like i'm getting bored by these you know just the tiktoks and scrolling and constant scrolling the never ending scrolling never ends. and it's like so I bought I bought a, a OLED switch this weekend, you know, and I've been playing it. I will tell you what, it is so nice just to be able to relax in a game and lose myself in that instead of losing myself in like constant like social media and stuff right. like that. Oh. Can't do it. Yeah, I can't do another social. That's why I'm not on TikTok. It <laughs> yeah. also just makes me feel old. So I'm like, I can't. <laughs> You'd be surprised old. how many people our age are on TikTok. I feel like that's yeah. where a majority yeah. of the people of people our age are on. Mm. <clears throat> now, yeah, well, I think. I mean, I've been on algorithm. The algorithm for me today. thinks that I'm a, uh, a middle-aged lesbian for some reason. I don't know why. That is true. That is you know, what content are you guys have, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook at all. I opened Facebook today and I had like just tons of just random notifications that I didn't care about. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm done with Facebook. I'm so yeah. done. Like, I got over the addiction. Yeah. You know? Now I'm addicted yeah. to TikTok. And one addiction for another. <laughs> I right? know. Yeah. I'm yeah. the next. Um, we're we short show today. Yes, actual for real. short show for real. Uh, Sakani's got a hard out, and so we're going to try and time this all out, and we're mm-hmm. going to try and get right to the good stuff. We quickly though wanted to do a very fast camp MoGraph update yes. just to make sure everybody's on the same page before we get to it. Uh, are you? Do you, do you have anything new to add? Nothing. Matt, to- nothing new other than um, it now starts the season of please read your emails. <laughs> Yes. We sent out an email last week, a couple of them. If you're an alumni, you probably got an email. Make sure and read it all the way before start clicking on buttons and stuff like that. Read it. You're going to be happy that you read it, though. Open that email. Just make sure and read it. Uh, Tickets go on sale April 20th at noon Eastern time. Super excited. Make sure. So uh, y'all saw that we had the single room uh, uh, tickets and then the community cabins. So those are the big difference in the tickets this year. Single room Mm -hmm. has its own room, own bathroom, you know, private door lock everything no one can get in whatever so if you're feeling if you're feeling that's the way that you want to go because we had a few people who ask about that and you know we try to accommodate that's the thing now there's not as many tickets because it's single room we had to cut off basically right, an entire right, cabin right. for people to have their own room so make sure 
if you're like, oh, I don't care whether I'm community or whether I'm single room, I would say go for the community because there's more of those tickets available than there are the single room. But if you're hard up, you know, bent on getting a single room, then go for it. But just yeah. to let you know, if you can't get them, you may not be able to get a community ticket afterwards because I, I got a feeling they're going to go fast. They may not. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this year is a fluke or last year was a fluke. We'll see. So, uh, yeah, tickets go on sale uh, April 20th. Uh, at noon Eastern, make sure you set your alarms. Um, we announced all our people. Check out campmograph.com mm-hmm. for that. And big shout out to all of our sponsors, of course. Uh, Otoy, who is our uh, Spider Lord sponsor, the global sponsor for camp. So Otoy is presenting <laughs> Camp Mograph. We're super excited about to have them on board. Uh, also, our village sponsors. Right now, you'll be staying in one of the two villages, either the Maxon Village or the Video Copilot Village. Super excited to have them on board as well. Yeah, and our sponsor... Village. Grayscale yeah. Gorilla, super excited to have them on board, and I, I I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, poke Chad to come. I think, I think he's, I think I've almost got him there. So. No, I think he's, I think you he's think coming. So? I, t- okay. I talked to him this morning. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Good, I good, think good. We're good. Okay, yeah. cool. So, got to get him away from the computer I mean, for a little bit. Chad Ashley is going to be there. It's a surprise. Who knew? You know, maybe. <laughs> allegedly. Right? allegedly, 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 he'll be there. <laughs> I so, think if we just go to the end of every show and say allegedly, allegedly then we're all this stuff happened. Yeah, <laughs> I should just right? start adding that little soundbite to the end. Instead of it's pretty good, I guess yeah, at the just, end I'm just going to say allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> it's pretty good, I guess. Fine print. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. So yeah, um, check it out yeah, online. And, sign oh. up for details and uh, read your emails. Read your emails. It, read your emails, and also, we I know we said there wasn't going to be a limo karaoke party, but there's kind of going to be a limo <laughs> karaoke party now. <laughs> so, long story short, here's what happened. Winkleman hit us up, mm-hmm. and he was sad that we weren't doing one. Yes. And so, now <laughs> well, we're doing call one. Him so now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Mr. Be- Beeple-man. Beeps. Mit- yeah. Mr. Beeps. Mr. Mike Beepleman. Beepleman. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so we are doing that so look out for that and the way that's going to work is we're, I think we're going to do wristbands yes. to get into the limos so and go to karaoke you will need from to the pinball find party. us if you want to get in you know we'll be mm-hmm. checking all the limos and everything for people who are hopping in uh, we got this super cool we got super cool uh, uh, do you want to talk about the karaoke rooms can I, can um, I let's wait for next week. Let's, okay, let's sure. lock it all in because because sure. we're still working on the limo reservations. Not official. that many, not that many so, tickets. So yeah, I believe there will be. Oh, how many per cabin? Uh, there will be anywhere from four to five people per cabin. You know, it it sleeps twelve, but we try and we always try and keep it down to like four or five per cabin. The single room is yeah. the single room can actually fit like six to eight people, but it's got its own like full size. You know like bunk bed thing or whatever uh yeah so cool well let's get to sakani and and one thing i will say is if you like this episode and you're watching mograph tv mm-hmm. at the moment just <laughs> stay tuned because right after is going to be uh sakani's interview with isaac that mm-hmm. uh was i think a few months back so so it's all sakani all day today on mograph tv so make yeah. sure you check that out i love it so <laughs> so let's go to you the last time we talked matt was out it was us and Ariev because mm-hmm. matt had a baby mm-hmm. and uh you had just done your star wars deal was wow, you know so, so what's been happening yeah sheesh <laughs> wow, that, that, I mean, the world has been such a whirlwind since then. That's like mm-hmm. two years ago, right? Um, yeah. I mean, since then, 
like I've been wanting to make another short film, but I've been dedicating most of my time to just, you know, focus on Cash App and Block. I think yeah. throughout my career, it's always like, all right, you know, I'll get through my day job work and let's get to the fun stuff afterward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like I'm in a pretty fortunate position where I actually get to create stuff that I like uh, for my day job. So I can actually have a life now, which sounds pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, the stuff that you're creating it is awesome like yeah. it's it's very creative it's very fun it's interesting i was looking at your demo reel earlier you know and it's like you have such a range of stuff on your demo reel you know it's not just that, like a lot of artists who are like you know say big into octane or something like that have that octane look on every single one of their shots right but yours is so different on everything that it's like it's like you know, no one couldn't hire you because they couldn't say, oh, you can do that style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And I kind of tailored my reel to show that type of diversity just because, yeah. you know, like the production world, you might be tasked or tapped to do something that, you know, is different from the job that you did before. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like an interesting challenge. You don't want to get into a place where you're just recreating the same thing all the time unless yeah. you're like... And like a sh- unless you're strictly an artist and you go by, hey, I make this one thing and that's what I do well. But that's not right. how, you know, I I approach design. But I guess for me, you know, I, I love the challenge of making new stuff and just seeing what type of new aesthetics I could come up with. But I think it also stems from uh, learning design in college, where mm-hmm. it like whatever you make has to answer a question or you know it's a, it's a solution that you're you know you're addressing a problem and that thing that you're creating has to be designed to address that problem not just to mm-hmm. be arbitrarily good looking right yeah totally. yeah the storytelling aspect and and we were we were talking to some friends by the way you have to you know pop in our discord channel sometimes and say oh, hi shoot but... me the link <laughs> yeah i mean uh, the... We, you know, we, we generally, I mean, we're there throughout the day, people pop on and off, but mm-hmm. the morning time, it seems like everybody kind of gets their coffee and, you know, shows up and it's kind of the cool water cooler part of the morning, right? And so we were kind of talking about you, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about questions and things, and, and something that Mark brought up was, was talking, it was, he was talking about the concepts that, that they do, mm-hmm. um, and and you're creating these and and he was asking me to ask you <laughs> how uh how involved and, and how much control you have over some of these concepts um mm-hmm. because i think some brands sometimes are afraid to take a risk on certain mm-hmm. things you know and um you know so so how much control do you have over over something like are you coming up with the concepts from start to finish, is, are there more people involved? How does that work? Yeah, uh, typically for a lot of the work that I do, I get to conceptualize it and carry it That's through to final nice. execution. That's super rad. It's fun. Yeah, which yeah, it's really nice because this is the difference between working for the client and a studio. Mm-hmm. Like when you're working for the client, you are the expert in the field, and people are looking to you for. Like guidance and that leadership versus mm-hmm. at a studio you're working amongst like a, a group of artists and maybe all you have to like everyone's familiar with like the production pipeline and how 3d works 
mm-hmm. right? But you know, in a larger company, you're working with a bunch of other people with different skill sets that mm-hmm. aren't in design at all. So you have to be able to communicate, uh, you know, walk someone through an idea, carry them on the journey, you know, kind of convince them to go through this path, and then you know, guide them through the production cycle of it. You know, understanding timelines and stuff like that. So it's definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely a different challenge from what you would expect in like a studio or agency. But I think what you get then is your ability to provide more value um, because instead of going to a studio, they could come to you and a yeah. small team to create stuff in house, which is which is really nice. But the Cash App brand does allow for lots of creative flexibility, which has been really nice because I you know I've gotten the opportunity to kind of showcase my full range of skill set. Yeah. So, this, I mean, long story short, yes, I am very much involved <laughs> in all aspects of the production, uh, especially the, the concept. So, do they come and, to you and say, hey, we, it's like, for example, I'm assuming you're doing a lot of this stuff like the, the Instagram posts and stuff like that, you know, because uh, uh, some of the posts, like the animation is super rad, you know, and it's just like a really cool animation. But the, the text like that associates with it is not necessarily associated similar to the, you know, not all the time with the animation. It's like, do they say, hey, we've got this idea, you know, post that we want to do and you you just throw the concept out there? Yeah, I think it depends. Like, I haven't done anything on social in a good while, at least mm-hmm. uh, I would say over a year. Okay. But before a lot of the animation I would do for social would be for like a Cash App Friday. And a Cash App Friday would be mm. like, you know, have like the dollar sign and we essentially just create a cool animation around our logo yeah um that kind of symbolizes like a giveaway or something like that so for those that mm. had like a little bit more creative is it flexibility kind of like what you do with your your logo because don't you have like the let me pull it up actually yeah no, that's exactly yeah. it but then like we did this connected tv campaign last year which was like a extension of the worlds that we created in the app store that had to be like a little bit more uh, conceptual because then we're talking about the products and app and it's like, how can we create this in a way that's still like aesthetically pleasing and cool but still communicates the idea. Or like even when we launch our clothing line, Cash by Cash app, like how mm-hmm. do we depict mm. those types of things? Or so even like launching a new corporate brand block, you know, like how do you communicate that story using 3D and animation? Yeah. Gosh, this stuff is so sexy freaking gorgeous, dude. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh. Mm, so good. And, man, there's just so... You've created so much content. Uh, yeah. have, they ever, have they ever come back, though, on a concept and said, no, this is just a little too much. We can't do that. <laughs> or, you know... Uh, not <laughs> recently. No, yeah. I don't think so. Um, I mean, like... Well, that's good. Yeah, typically, I, I definitely try to tailor things to... Uh, you know, the brief for what's being asked for. So, like, mm-hmm. anytime I'm presenting something, it's always rooted in the thing that they want to solve. So, if they're launching a new card, like, um, like 100 Thieves, mm-hmm. you know, I have to come up with a concept that grounds that card. In the, mm-hmm. or, or just, you know, grounds the animation in the card. It can't just be cool for the sake of being cool. Yeah. Right. And um, so... Can you can you explain like the hierarchy of it? Because I know I know. Okay, you had Square originally, <laughs> right? With like the Square Reader, and then you had 
like block. Square Cash, and then, and then it's yeah. ca- it's Cash App, and then Block is the owner now. Can you explain the hierarchy to me a little? Because I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Knowledge pretty easy because before you had Square, and then you had Cash App was a mm-hmm. subsidiary of Square, but now you have Block on top, and then you have Square, Cash App, mm-hmm. Title, Spiral, uh, and TBD. So there's like these different business units all under the block brand. Okay. So, so kind of like Alphabet or Meta or something yeah. where they do like an umbrella, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let, so, me, let, let me ask you this. So, you know, I, I've, I, I thought it was weird. <laughs> no offense. I thought it was weird <laughs> that it's like Sakani went to go work for like Cash App, you know, versus like, Oh, Sakani went to go work for Marvel, or Sakani go uh, went to go work for right. like, one of these right, other right. like big like studios, or Sakani went and started his own studio. You know, yeah. not surprising. It's like uh, of all places, and you've been there a while. You know, yeah. which uh, which is 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 it must mean that the work and the value <laughs> and like the stuff for. that they're giving you is, is very fulfilling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I think I remember even going back to Imaginary Forces to visit a friend, and I was telling uh-huh. them, "Oh, hey, I look at Cash App." I was like, oh, what? "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would you do this? This doesn't make any sense." Um, but for me, it's always about where can you provide the most value, and who mm-hmm. is able to you know leverage that value and compensate you as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like when you think about the traditional. I guess, agency studio model. Model You have your client, you have your agency in the middle, and then you have like the studio. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have the client and the studio. Mm-hmm. And every tier you go down lower, like money has to filter through a layer to get to right. that person. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so yeah. I remember thinking that, you know, even back from my days at Imaginary Forces being like staff, I would see freelancers come in, they would come in, they would make more money, and then when their booking was done, they dipped, and then I would have to pick up the slack from right. whatever right. you know they left off. And if they wanted mm-hmm. to raise, they just raised their dares. I was like, oh, cool, they're leveraging their time in a better way, so let me go try do that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then I had the opportunity to work at Apple, and I think that really... I, I did a freelance gig there. That really mm-hmm. kind of opened up my eyes, like a whole different... Uh, playing field which is tech that I think more mm-hmm. and more people are starting to migrate in just yeah. because uh, the rates larger day rates larger compensation in general but mm-hmm. also when you're working at the client you're providing more value because then you're having you execute the work versus paying a studio to do it which you know in turn is saving them a good bit of money mm-hmm. um, so then the opportunity to work with Cash App came up and it was Really interesting because they had a brand that allowed for creativity and you know some some flexibility, but they had zero infrastructure, like no PCs. Like, right. I, I had to build <laughs> that infrastructure from the ground up. But you know, oh, wow. there was a a lot of learning from my end because now I wasn't just you know creating, let's say, you know, like the goal isn't just to make something like a title mm-hmm. sequence. You have to make something, but it has to be functional. Like, say, for example, if you right. put a post out, you see how it performs. And, you know, that's something you have to keep in mind as well. But for me, the thinking was, hey, you know, I could come into this tech company and offer 
a skill set that they don't have in-house, which in turn yeah. saves them money from going to a studio. But the quality of work that they can get would rival or it would feel premium like it did come from a studio, yeah. mm-hmm. which you know, in turn is valuable for them, especially in a field that we, we do have of a competitors and we need to find a way to stand out um, from a brand perspective. Mm-hmm. So that, I guess, was some of that initial thinking back then. It's always about like, where can you leverage your time better? Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs. And we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store. All thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. That's got to be fun, though, doing like the infrastructure, like getting to have a budget and say, oh, I'm going to get all these computers yeah. and plugins you, and all the things, it, you know. When you started, was it just you? And have you branched out to like hire more people? Yeah, are or, there are more yeah. people. A great question. Uh, so I sat on a brand team where you know, we had different people doing different things, um, like graphic designers, we had like two creative leads technologist um, but I was the only like 3D motion designer so now I have a team of five people but mm-hmm. then like nice. our design team just across brand and product is like 100 people it's, it's huge um, but yeah you know like everyone wears different hats there's just when you get into an organization like that you have to start thinking about the business as well and just start taking into consideration a whole of a slew of things besides uh, the motion graphics from like mm-hmm. right. team organization to just how the organization is structured uh, how process work in terms of intaking work um, best practices for getting that work done you know being able to present and coordinate with cross-functional partners <laughs> um, yeah it's just like a, a lot of <laughs> different business things like you have to be familiar with research and uh-huh. you know just a lot of other things you have to filter out, filter in on top of being able to work on best in class motion graphics in 3d right right you got to be able to combine that and find a happy medium be and be a translator i'm mm-hmm. sure in a lot of situations um and then like when you you know you're coming up with these concepts and things are are you able to like do you have time to do like R&D do you do you do like experiments and throw them at anybody or do you just do it for yourself or do you have time even to do experiments I think it depends on the project usually no uh, so I, <laughs> so I have yeah. to be I guess very intentional with my process and be like mm-hmm. uh, this amount of time to get this design in a good place because I need to move over to the next part of the process to get that done so mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it ebbs and flows. Some projects I have, like, weeks. Some projects I have months. Um, mm. But months might be two. Right. Yeah, max. How many projects are you working on at a time? At any one time? Depends. Like, because some projects I'll be on in different capacities. Right. So mm-hmm. some will be oversight. So I'm probably on, like, three or four projects right now. Um, but, again, in just different capacities. Yeah. There's so much stuff when you look at your reel to, um, you have a lot of cloth, you've got a lot of Mm -hmm. 
threads and hair and you know all these very detailed intricate textures and things um is there anything recently that you've been messing with a lot that's really like helping you push forward uh in design um or are you are you just uh are you cinema 4d and render engine of choice all day or have you been like moving into other areas man i haven't really had the time it's it's so tricky now because there's so much more 3d to look at that people are getting used to things so yeah oh remember back in the day like all these sick man v nike ad stuff Mm -hmm. like that even Mm. is becoming a little less impactful yeah yeah Um, and i think it's because I think a lot of the stuff they did worked well because it was rooted in the idea and it helped the story or like whatever they were presenting. And like now the way we even ingest the work, like we're scrolling, we see something, we, we kind of move on. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes if it's just like a cool effect, but there's no kind of tie in or it doesn't like help to push forward the idea or story, then for me at least, it's cool, but you know, it's kind of like... I've seen this and I think what I've been putting mm. more emphasis in on is design so not like learning a specific tool but how can I visually design a scene so it feels different or it solicits something or you know it pushes forward an idea so I really there's nothing specific I've been like honing in on from like a technical perspective like I, I used to try to do Houdini but I was like yo <laughs> <laughs> this is taking so much time just to figure out how to get this to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are people going to care about more so? Like the design of it and the idea mm-hmm. behind it or like this really cool effect. And mm-hmm. it's just for me because, you know, I've, I'm doing so many different things. That I It's difficult for me to, I think, learn Houdini right now and have a life. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, um, yeah. And that's, again, I think more so because of what my role is developing into, uh, which is kind of like someone who can conceptualize a project or guide a project, but also work in it as well. So I have to really be intentional on how um, I spend my time. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that I think I've been talking to a few people on Discord about lately is that, I mean, there's still a barrier to entry in this field, but the, the barrier is lower in that, like, you, if you have your 3D program and your render engine, you know, and maybe some model packs and a couple other things, like you're kind of set to start art directing something. It uh-huh. used to be more of an ordeal to get to a certain point or make something look pretty, or you know, and and that could be why some of these places back in the day were really the standouts. They yeah. were the only ones who can do it. Now, <laughs> yeah, back like, in the day, there wasn't Octane with GPUs, and you couldn't right. out a render in like 15 No rights. idea. No right. idea. Yeah. <laughs> you, the, you kids yeah. these days. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a you PDF kids. when I used V-Ray. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Double check yeah. my settings. Like, make sure yep. this is all good. Y'all don't know yeah. the struggle. And it's, it's, yeah, there is more noise, so to speak, but like it is nice because people who have the brain to be an artist can just be an artist and not have to learn Houdini. Yeah, you know, um, and and have all of those those uh, pieces of software and and assets at their disposal, which is really nice. So you know, you can just jump in a scene, put some lights in there, art direct something, and and get down to art right away, as opposed to mm-hmm. you know 
how do I how do I set up the sim? Hold on, let me watch four hours of tutorials first. Yeah, you right. Know? <laughs> See, I would argue too that I think that makes the bar to entry even more difficult, just because mm-hmm. like, you know, you you pop on a photorealistic render in you know twenty. 1314 like you're a god I mean now it's like you could assemble a bunch of mega scan assets you could make a very beautiful scene a lot more you know simply so Mm -hmm. some of the things that used to be impressive aren't as impressive anymore Mm -hmm. exactly so so now everyone's always like oh what's that extra thing and then that was Houdini like oh damn bro these Houdini sims are wild Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's still very very impressive but I think, you know, uh, at least for me, I've gotten a little desensitized for it. I think where it really mm-hmm. works is where it's like, that was a very smart way to implement that effect that really was clever and pushed whatever you were trying to say forward. I think, to me, that's the thing that makes something feel above when it feels sure. smart. And now we got to rely on story as well, because, you know, if you're going to stand out, now it's about the actual storytelling. I mean, kind of like it should be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, you're good at the design, but like, like exa- exactly what you're saying. Like, why are you using this technique? Mm-hmm. Why is it relevant? Are you using it just because you saw a tutorial and you thought it looked cool? Or right. is it really something that drives that story? Mm-hmm. So um, have a question in the chat real quick. Uh, from Jackie said, are there a lot yeah. of tech companies looking for motion designers right now? Um, yeah, going back to you I saying, believe so. you know, working <laughs> yeah, for Apple uh, and then moving over to Cash. Yeah. Like, it it would seem like there are a lot of tech companies looking for them. You know what's funny? Like, when I was at Apple, it was interesting because there'd be all these superstars in the industry, and then they just disappear. I'm like, where'd they go? <laughs> I, I'm in Apple. I'm like, oh, sh- sh- you're here? Wait, yeah. you're here too? I'm like, oh, wow. So <laughs> a lot of... People were just kind of like secretly making this transition and, you know, getting the bag. But I think what you get to is like some really good work-life balance, at least when I worked there, you know. Mm-hmm. I would leave at five most days and you get good. there at ten. Uh, That's and, good. And That's I think real good. If you, you're really keen on making personal work, I think that allows you to still have the time to create some cool mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think companies are hiring. I think they're it might be a little bit more difficult to get in uh, as junior talent just because especially if it's a newer company that's mm-hmm. scaling they kind of want people that could take care of it because sure. yeah. they're not experts in this field at all so whoever they hire right. they're going to look to at least initially when they're building out this team and as that team scales uh, I think they'll kind of allow for more junior talent but also yeah. I always advise anyone that's getting into this field to start at a studio, go to the place right. I agree. where you'll learn the most. Do not think about the money. Just, yeah. don't, just don't get screwed over. Yeah. <laughs> Once you yeah. don't get screwed yeah. over, I think that's good. Just go anywhere where you could learn. Like I started at Imaginary Forces and you know, got to learn from guys like uh, Jeremy Cox, you know, like Legends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was really pivotal in my just learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, you know, if if somebody has never worked in the industry and uh, graduates college and is like, I'm going freelance right now, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, maybe you're a badass artist, but are you ready for all the things that come along with that? 
You I can mean, create how- some beautiful Instagram posts, but can you actually follow direction, you know? Or not even that, but like, are you ready for the, the taxes and all the other, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, paperwork and everything that comes along yeah. with it? Oh, the finger yeah. thing means the taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's something to consider, too, and maybe you'll learn some of that if you go to a studio first. Yeah. Besides, you know, the obvious part, which is learning more about the art. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> well, just um, feedback. Yeah. I think that just builds yeah. that backbone to understand that, hey, this isn't personal. You know, this is right. all in service of the work. And if we're, if you're getting feedback, it's to improve it. And also not to be right. as precious with things. At the end of the day, you're making something for a client. So you have yeah. to have a, a certain right. level of separation. But that doesn't mean you can't be passionate about it either. I've even tried to teach myself that in my own work. Because you'll get to a point with a piece of, of something. Say you're doing a daily or something. Like something simple, right? Um, and then you get to the end of it, and you're not 100% happy with it, but you're like, oh, I'm just going to post it. Yeah. Right? Well, being okay with the fact that it's not okay or not perfect works kind of two ways, right? Like you can say, okay, I'm just going to post it because it's a daily and needs to post, and that's fine. But there's also a part of me... That has to be okay with starting over. Let's say I have a scene and it's just not working and I've just did all the camera aperture settings and tried all these different things with the lights and the samples and exclusions and inclusions and like, I'm not quite happy with it. Part of me would want to post it and part of me would just say, hey, you know what? Delete all of it. Mm -hmm. Delete the lights. Delete the HDRs. Delete all this stuff. Start over. And let me tell you, I've done that quite a few times recently Mm -hmm. and being okay with the change and just saying, you know what, it's okay to start over on this. You yeah. know, um, it helps me with client stuff too. Cause I know the clients are going to say, Hey, you know, I don't, I, I think we should change this or we, we should start over on this or do it a different way. Yeah. It helps me to be okay yeah. with change. It's hard to take the change. It's hard to take criticism too. And it's not even like criticism is usually not even bad. Yeah. It's just a, you know, a suggestion or, or something. Yeah. And I love that, that you're saying, you know, like, uh, uh, like if you put all your, all your 100% into it and you keep on messing with like a, an animation until you, it's actually absolute perfection. And then you send it off to the client and they change it. It's right. like, you're going to take that really personally. That used to happen. There was, there was a guy that Dave and I used to work with, you know, mega talented artist, right? Super talented artist, but he would spend so much time on all of Dave know, knows who I'm talking about uh-huh. now. He would spend so much time working on stuff and I'd be like, oh, cool. You're, so you're almost done. And he goes, oh no, I got to do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, yes. why are you going to add all that extra work for yourself? For one, like, no one but you is going to notice it. And two, we got a, a super shitty boss who's just going to shit on it anyway. You know, it's it's <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I I I come, I, so I, uh, one of my first jobs was Domino's Pizza. So I was all about speed, right? Mm. And then the first like studio job that I got was working for like a really crappy mom and pop studio where anyone off the street could come in and you could edit and you're, you know, they're paying editing wages out of their own pocket and stuff. And so we always tried to get them out as fast as possible. So I became almost a factory myself to try and get it done. So I learned very quickly not to take things too, you know, 
Yeah. Not take things too personal or whatever. Just be able the to hard, get it out. The hardest thing for me, it's not really about somebody changing something, right? It's about the technicalities of it, right? So, so like, if somebody presents you with a list of changes, mm-hmm. I, I imagine by now you're probably pretty callous to, like, somebody sending changes, right? They're going to send you changes and say, hey, you know, we want to fix this light or change this color or whatever. I'm assuming you, you don't really get your feelings hurt by anything like that now. But when it, the, the thing that runs into an issue with me is when somebody asks for a change and it's so technically um, out of the, the scope mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do that. Or that's, you know, you, you don't understand what you're asking for. You know what I mean? Right. Um, do, do you have to deal with people saying, oh, well, why don't you just make it do this? And you're like, you understand that that's going to take like <laughs> seven days and 10 people, right? And 15 servers. I, yeah, it's, it's, explain, it's, it's, it's explaining that. It's be like, look, we can do this change, but this is what it's going to do to our production timeline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might, it's going to implicate the project in this way. Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable with that, we can do it. Or, if you think it's a bad idea, this is why you, you walk them through that process. Like, this isn't the way to go, this is why. If they still want to do it, you just explain to them the implications, if they're okay with it, then they do it. I mean, ultimately, they're paying for it. But I typically right. don't run into um, a lot of that to the point where it feels that drastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I like to take feedback and sort for it, okay, this makes sense, this doesn't, and then you kind of pick and choose. And you know, yeah. it's all it's really all about communication and walking people through the process. Yeah. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. And you yeah. have understanding people working with you, it seems like, as well. You know, I mean, <laughs> sometimes if you're working for the wrong person, they, they're not going to take that and, and take that as, uh, as an answer. You know, they're going to think you're saying no or you're pushing back or, mm-hmm. you know, when in fact you're trying to help them understand because they're not artists. Yeah. Right. You know? And the other thing, too, because I don't typically work in like a client artist type scenario. It's right. like if you're on this team and you're coming for us to solve a creative problem, like that's all around. You know, we'll we'll work with you, you know, we'll get feedback and stuff, but ultimately it's like a, a partnership but you're gonna to need to trust us because this is 
our domain the same way like we wouldn't dictate how you build your product right so right. It, it's kind of different in that in that sense where it's just like a straight up client where they're coming to you to just do this <laughs> and you know they get the <laughs> last call <laughs> yeah hey puppy oh yeah i um <laughs> he's woken up <laughs> I would, uh, uh, another thing that I was going to ask, you know, because you were one of the, you were one of the, the, the first motion designers. So you basically, you know, they brought you on to basically, I would assume basically build out an internal studio for them to be able to use. Correct. Yeah. That was the initial idea. Yeah. And so with that, I, you know, I've had this happen before where it's like some of the people that I'm answering to aren't necessarily artists you know, and so, or don't understand the process. And so there's a certain amount of education that you have mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, uh, give to, you know, people within your team so that they can understand that. Yeah. It's, it's a constant, uh, education process. And I mm-hmm. think you just have to be patient and you have to think about it. Like, imagine if you knew nothing about 3d, the type mm-hmm. of things you would say. And it's if you come into a scenario with that type of understanding, then it just makes the process a lot easier because you know, like, this is they don't know what they don't know, right? Right. And it's your job to educate them (laughs) on what they don't know, and hopefully, if they're reasonable, they'll understand. Like, say, if they have a request that feels outlandish, you know, if you walk them through the process, they'll get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. That's why so much of being like a professional motion designer is your ability to communicate mm-hmm. and work with people mm-hmm. on top of being able to execute. Absolutely. There's a lot of clients that um, I think I feel like I've had to educate on certain things and say, look, what you asked for originally was this, right. what you're wanting now <laughs> is this. And, and they understand, you know, the money part of it and the time mm-hmm. part of it. But um, sometimes you do have to rein it in. It's like, okay, you need this done in four days, right? And you're asking for a month long project, so let's rein it in a little bit. I right. promise you, I'm going to give you the best that I can get you in four days. But throwing another person at the project's not going to help. Throwing twenty people, yeah. mythical yeah. man month, right. is not going to help because at the end of the day, there's still one person who has to figure out how to do A, B, and C before the rest of it can even happen. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's important to build that trust even you know whether you're working at a corporation with higher-ups above you your client or whatever that they trust you that you know what you're doing and that you know you are doing the very best that you can give them in that x amount of time or that x amount of budget or whatever it is for sure yeah um we got about uh 15 minutes before we go to the drop and um i wanted to see if you wanted to um maybe talk to us a little bit about what you've been doing in the world of maybe investing, saving, that kind of thing? Because I see you talking about it a lot. Oh, I wanted to know if you had any advice for us on what we need to yeah. do. Sakani, so teach retire. us how, as a motion designer, we can retire without, <laughs> you know, hitting it rich like people did. Yeah, <laughs> right. well, I will preface this by saying I am by no means a financial advisor. So, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. At your own risk. But I'll say what I do that's been helpful. At a minimum, I think, you know, it's just max, maximizing your 401k. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
hired a financial advisor a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. that person kind of d- dictates specifically like what I invest in in my 401k and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you start there because you want to get this idea of uh, compound interest um, or compounding in your head. Because, yeah. you know, every year you get 5% or 10% and then it's like 10% of a bigger chunk every year mm-hmm. as time goes on. So at a minimum, you know, your 401k. Then if you want to get to more investing, safer bet as like a Vanguard ETF or a different index yeah. fund, which essentially mm-hmm. takes stocks from a specific index and, you know, buys the entire thing. Yep. Then from there, uh, I mean, what I've done, I kind of mix everything, uh, 401k, uh, a bunch of different ETFs and indexes, and then individual company stock. I, I most of my investments are in stock and crypto. So then I'll invest in different mm. specific companies. What's what's your favorite? Oh, <laughs> those chip Matt's companies. Notes, which one? Which one? Anytime yeah. you got an extra hundred bucks, Nvidia has like, been oh, great. In in, Nvidia yeah. has been yeah. great. Um, AMD. I like the chip stocks have been great. I'm definitely, I think, a little over indexed into tech in my individual investing Same. Same. But, as we do because <laughs> i mean that's where yeah. the action is that's what yeah. it grew yeah <laughs> but you know you get those swings so when the stock market went down so did a lot of those stocks yeah mm-hmm. i i made the uh, i made the mistake of investing you know all my tax money that i needed to pay this year uh into the stock market right as it started taking a dump in november <laughs> <laughs> and so now I'm just Good trying timing. to crawl my way back up before I have to pay the taxes in the next week and a half. <laughs> I am in the exact same boat. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, parts of our compensation is in stock. And I don't mm-hmm. withhold enough mm-hmm. taxes, so you typically have to pay taxes on that. But then yeah. the stock went down. So as well, right? You owe money on money you don't not even have. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, it's so wild. I'm in the same boat and now... I, I mean, I typically don't keep things super liquid, so now I'm like, oh man, I gotta, yeah. gotta sell these assets at a loss. No, yeah. but you gotta do it because you can't yeah, dodge taxes. What um, are you doing uh, crypto wise? Not a bunch. Uh, just some Ethereum from uh, NFTs I sold last year, and a little mm-hmm. bit of Bitcoin, but that's about it. Um, for me, it's mostly tech stocks yeah. and a bunch of index, like my. My stocks are more. I, I do long term, so I just buy and forget. Yeah, I just stack up. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not day trading or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for like my indexes or ETFs, uh, you know, I I try to keep like a bigger pot in there because it's a little bit more of a safer long term thing. Sure. And then I keep a s- smaller pot for uh, stocks. But like even with my four and K two, I try to max it out or any company policies any company things yeah. hsas that's max out as well that's the smartest thing you know and like especially if your company and this is something that i didn't know when i was younger and i wish i had if a company offers you like 401k matching or whatever mm. you better be thrown as much as you possibly can into that you mm. know like any sort of matching at all like 100 percent, throw it in there because otherwise yeah. you're just going to be like i i yeah you're just going to be spending it on coffee anyway right you know? I mean, yeah right. avocado and, toast avocado toast yeah <laughs> yeah one thing i didn't do when i was freelancing like it didn't contribute to a 401k i did i didn't yeah. have like an ira but i didn't uh i think you've invest enough so i'm playing a little bit of catch up but i yeah, think same I'm, here 
still in a I good got a place. Lot to catch up. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and you, yeah. I just want to say as well, it's great to start early. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as a even as a freelancer, you know, get those right horse, but definitely tucks some stuff away in yeah, absolutely. investments to grow for the future. And that's the thing with um, you know, I saw all these people balling out with all these uh, NFTs last day. I'm like, yeah. you know, that is all. That's that's a taxi bet. If you sell an NFT and you get income, that's mm-hmm. you know. That's, oh, that's where all my money. That's all, Matt's issue. Yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, uh, like a. Now I I could be saying this wrong. This is the way I did it. So like allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> not financial information. Um, when I was doing my taxes, you know, I every NFT that I bought, like on Nifty Gateway or the people that I bought, you know, I sold it as a collectible. You know, you know, as the NFT and collectibles can be taxed up to twenty eight percent. Yeah. So my, so you know, after everything, my taxes ended up being I owed fifty two thousand dollars. You know, in Yikes. taxes. It, I mean, but NFTs, I mean, yeah. the thing is, like, the Beeple sale by itself was one hundred and sixty five thousand. You know, right. so I took, I knew I was going to take forty thousand of that anyway and put it aside and invest it, and then not you know end up owing money. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you know, it's definitely so, not a mech. You're gonna have the government's gonna be watching right, that, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, like if you think you're slick, you might get away now. You know, think about it. Yeah, for the future, they yeah. find a way mm-hmm. to cash back up, and there's only going to be one more. Uh, even if it's not regulation, you know, people are going to be watching for tax purposes. So it's definitely right. air on the on the safer side. And uh, uh, yeah. speaking of, I also used a uh, I, I used a website called Coin Tracker. Mm, yeah, I heard about that. You, yeah, I used Coin Tracker, so it'll link automatically with your Coinbase account, and then you can input any like wallets that you have in there, and it'll read all of them, and then give you your printout for all your tax purposes and stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty great. You know, that, it does cost, good. it cost me like $180 to do it, but still, you know, yeah, to not have to good. go through every single transaction and figure out whether it's a plus or a minus. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 So you definitely, I need to continue working on my saving. I, I saw something you posted and I, I don't want to misquote it because it was a long time ago. But you, I think you had gotten a car or something and you posted on Facebook, like, I got this car, but look. I saved all of this money and I, uh, what else did you say? It was, you know, paid off debt or something like yeah. that. You had something really good to say about it and I wish I would have looked it up ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't have bought it if I wasn't in a financial place to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's important. Like, I would never stretch myself to flex or something. It's something I always wanted. And right. then, like, I talked to my financial advisor about it, planned for it, so it didn't really have that financial impact and you know it's about planning when you want those types of things and being uh Mm -hmm. at least for me strategic like the last thing you want to do is put yourself in any type of jeopardy yeah yeah you don't want to be in debt over a car that's for sure The the amount of years i have been in debt over a car you know yeah yeah and you know fortunately like well for one the reason i bought it is that it was an insane deal and now it's appreciated so it's actually right more than i bought it nice. for so i could just sell it and you know it's like i've been driving a car for almost two years for free yeah it's the gas 
yeah i was uh i was hanging out with james ramirez uh, a few weeks ago <laughs> at uh at yeah. the um the uh the uh la event. la event yeah. yeah you know we were going mm-hmm. uh we were going to the the otoy party together and i was like hey can you give me a ride he's like yeah sure so we walk over and he's got a freaking corvette you know and oh, i'm like damn. yeah and I'm, like, I'm like this <laughs> yeah. is your daily driver he's like yeah this is my daily driver when i bought it it had six thousand miles on it and the guy was really upset that he found out it was going to be my daily driver oh wow <laughs> and i was like i haven't ridden in a corvette since probably 2001 and he's like oh yeah so that quick. was actually the first corvette that he got and you know it actually had so it, it was it was very interesting because once he pointed this out i'm like okay i i may end up getting a corvette now <laughs> I mean, trust but, me it goes quick. you don't want early 2000s gm cars right, okay. i'm gonna stop you right there so, he said he, he said you know the one that he bought it was it was older the first one that he bought was older it was a 2001 and it had like you know 80 90 000 miles on it and he ended up only buying it it only cost him like 15 grand you know yeah, that's great which is uh i mean that's that's how much i paid for my freaking ford focus back in 2005 <laughs> right yeah. and it's like okay you can either spend it on a really awesome car or you can spend it on a really crappy car you know like i did crappy new I, car or awesome crappy old new car. car or awesome old car right yeah and so and he's like yeah and he he drove that thing for like 70 to 80 thousand more miles and when wow. he sold it he sold it for eight thousand dollars so he only ended up it only ended up costing him seven grand for the whole car you that's know good. right it's yeah. like it's like that's that's a pretty good investment right there i would say yeah. versus my ford focus which i paid fifteen thousand dollars for and i sold for a thousand dollars you upside down <laughs> oh, I was upside down the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I rolled man. that car into another car and then that car into another car. And then and finally that I got car into a ditch. No. And then I got no. people money and I finally paid off all my car payments. <laughs> there we go. Gosh, <laughs> this is the thing, too. Like, I remember going into this tangent about like the supercar market. And apparently mm-hmm. a car will hit its depreciating, depreciating curve and then plateau. Mm-hmm. Where it goes to a price and it typically doesn't go any lower. Like, say, for example... I'm not sure if this is the case for the Lamborghini Gallardo now, but it like bottomed out at like I guess 90k to 120k, mm-hmm. and you could buy that car, drive it for a year or two, and sell it for basically the same price. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's on the bottom of oh, its curve. Yeah. And in, in there's cars like that where you know you could drive these exotics. You know, you just have to pay them monthly, but you know when you want to return them, you could. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, uh, when we were in Canada hanging out with Dead Mouse. He had sold his name uh, dropper Nan Burgini, you know, the Lamborghini they yeah. had with the Nan cat on the side. Yeah. He had sold it while we were there. And I was really surprised. He's like, oh, yeah, I made money on that. I didn't I didn't yeah. lose any money. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's so why I'm crazy. holding on to my uh, anniversary, 35th anniversary edition yeah. Camaro that I bought in 20 in 2001. Yeah. Brand new off the lot. And it is still sitting and it's still sitting here. Because I'm like, one day it's going to be worth more money. Yeah. yeah. No. I think you probably hit that plateau, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what it's worth. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, the third Dodge Viper ever made. No, Dave, no, gets right. that joke. That, Dave gets that joke. I get joke. that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, should we go to the drop in yeah, the sure. interest of time? We got yeah, to keep it. this We're train rolling. We're talking investing and stuff like that. Let's yeah. go over to the drop. Let's do the drop. The drop. Is this the fucking mic? This is exactly what I should be doing. 
What's up and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly hey. source for all things NFT and crypto art as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I'm Matt Milstead. Joining me as always is Dave Costa. Joining us this week, Sakani Solomon, amazing artist, uh, incredible artist. I wish he'd do more NFTs. It's been What's a little up? bit since he uh, has. I know. <laughs> Busy. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go. You want to get into this week's? Yeah, let's just do the the main drops. I'm I, yeah. I uh, Nifty hadn't updated their stuff. They only had a couple days, but uh, uh, actually, Ma- Maker's Place has a, a lot of drops this week. Surprisingly, where hmm. where the heck is my drop list? MoGraph Live. Know. There it is. I can name it too. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Ocean, <laughs> I'm like, where is everything? Okay. Uh, first up, let's go to today, uh, April fourth. Uh, Gold Weird, one of the Ooh, very Gold original Weird. like artists on Nifty Gateway from yeah. a years ago. You know, did the little crystal characters a couple like years ago. You mean like eleven months ago? No, what? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this whole explosion yeah. was only like yeah. a year ago. Yeah. So yeah. Gold Weird was one of the one of the you know one of the first people to drop on Nifty, and so mm-hmm. uh, they're doing a uh, uh, drop today, uh, which is cool. And then the next one, this one is killer. I I think the the work. So Rinzen and David Gao. This stuff, I I saw this one, and this one was my absolute favorite of the day that I looked through. You got that, Dave? It's on Instagram. I'm looking for it. Oh, okay. There's two links. That's why I'm confused. All right. Yeah. Here you go. This one right here. This Instagram one? So cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's called Four Portals. You know, super cool oh. work. I, I really dig it. You know, you get your standard crystals like you see in all NFTs nowadays, you know, <laughs> but I love the addition of the, the, the portals with it. I think I think that's a really good... I mean, it, if it, it doesn't a have a crystal, yeah. is it really an NFT? Right, that's true. I mean, you know, or if it doesn't have the the Bitcoin logo or the Ethereum right. crystal in it somewhere, sure. Yeah, all uh, the tropes, <laughs> all the tropes. <laughs> yeah. Right? All right, then uh, tomorrow, April fifth, uh, Marco Mori um, is doing a drop. Really oh, fun that stuff. That is pretty. Yeah, I know, right? Really cool stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, There's some good ones this week, man. Yeah, Look at that. really cool. At like, the... I love the the jiggle effect on the the hair. Or whatever it it gives me it gives me like really creepy brilly vibes you know brilly vibes brilly oh vibes, like the yeah. the looks like the little things I forget yeah. what it's called that people have trip, a fear of crypto trip trip, trip, trip trip yeah trip, I know what you're talking about yeah. you know why this reminds me of like Zelda or something right yeah 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 you're like a like Majora's like a, Mask or something right <laughs> dude speaking of I tried playing uh, Breath of the Wild the other day uh, and I. I it's supposedly like the best Zelda game ever. I couldn't get into it. Everyone's gonna hate me, but I could not get into it. It was too hard. Like, give me some Animal Crossing. <laughs> give me some Pokemon Arceus. I'm good. Yeah, I haven't played yeah. a Zelda in a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't have the patience for those types of games anymore. Right? Right? Yeah. Pokemon Arceus is great. I really like that one. That one's like open world. You know, you just throw Pokeballs at Pokemon and Arceus. Is that a is that Arceus. a Greek? thing no it's, it's the name of like the pokemon god Arceus. oh okay yeah. well kind of sounds like it yeah yeah all right greek uh, god <laughs> speaking of greek speaking okay uh uh okay so yeah that's it for nifty gateway that's all i got so far uh maker's place moving over to maker's place tomorrow uh leo calliard uh is doing a drop this one's called speaking of greek meta statues Oh yeah, speaking, speaking of Greek. Greek, I love that. See, yeah, you like the segue. It's like it's like uh, Greek statues with VR helmets, or like there you go. There's your your typical uh, Bitcoin. There's your Bitcoin. There's your Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
pretty work, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I is, like it. Do um, you think we're only going to ever get collectibles now? I don't know. Uh, no. Okay. So as far as NFT go, NFTs go, no. I think the I think the term NFT, and this is just my personal opinion, allegedly. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the term NFT is probably going to stick around with art and people will always see digital art, you know, being sold as non-fungible tokens, whatever on a smart contract is always going to be, you know, seen as NFTs, you know, and these collectibles as well. They're NFTs. What's going to happen is a, like a big company like Nintendo or Sony or Xbox or whatever, some video game maker, probably, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to rebrand NFTs, you know, and mm, they're going to call them mm. like digital assets or something, right? Digital assets. Oh, you can download your digital asset. You can have your own wallet, you know, or they'll change it or your own vault or something like that. Right? It doesn't sound as scary. It doesn't that way, sound right? as scary and it doesn't sound like crypto and it doesn't sound like NFTs, you know, but basically it is the exact same tech, you know, yeah, they'll say, Look, you've got these digital downloads that you can buy and then you can play across all sorts of things and blah, blah, blah. It's the same stuff. And what you can do is since it's written, uh, uh, since uh, it's in your wallet or whatever, you can resell it, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, It's basically using the same, you know, uh, tech that NFTs is using. They're just rebranding it as something that doesn't name, sound so something you not know, scary. It doesn't sound so crypto broy <laughs> because I think that's a one thing that the NFT side has. You know, a big negative. You get these these people. Hey, friend, GM, everyone. Friend. You know, and it's like, no, th- dude, like that's that's whatever. It's very. I'm gonna ape into this. And it's I'm like, gonna no. talk baby talk about I mean, NFTs. It's, yeah, it's like <laughs> this is the thing I don't I don't get right. <laughs> This they're like we're building this open decentralized net, but yet uh-huh. there's all these kind of clicky type terms you right. have to use to be part yeah. of the community. Yeah, yeah. and right. who dictate who is the community if it's supposed to be open for everyone? Yeah, and it's really it just that's the thing about the space that well, rubs me the wrong way. It's a little bit contradictory in my opinion because. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to be like, especially on Twitter, the, the know-it-all or like the true crypto person. Like, why can't you just be someone who likes art and doesn't have to change right. their profile picture and put 100%. GM? 100%. Like, it doesn't need to be. And that doesn't make yep. you any more or less authentic than the other person just because you do this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I for me, I feel like the NFT space, you know, sure, you're going to get these people who are really big into the NS- NFT space. But I think it, it's eventually going to get to the place like right now, NFTs have taken over like Instagram and stuff like that. You know, no, no more are people just creating Instagram posts in order to create a pr- cool work and put it out there. Right. right. I think a lot of people, a, a bunch of people are creating NFTs, and if, but eventually it's going to get to the point where you're able to do both. You know, you can create cool artwork, you can display your artwork, you can show it, you know, you can present it similar to the way you can in, in uh, uh, Instagram, but then you can also sell it if you want, you know? And it's like, it's not going to be so spammy. It's not going to be so, hey, buy my NFT, blah, 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 blah. It's going to normalize, hopefully. It's going to normalize, absolutely. Hopefully. So an yeah. artist can be an artist, and if someone wants to appreciate the artist, they can buy their work for, you know, 
nothing or like a dollar or they can buy it for a thousand dollars depending on the worth that they give to the you know that the artist gives to yeah. their work because you know? i agree I, I think we got a comment last week about it um on instagram it's, it's like you know about the negative the negative parts of nfts and yeah. i completely agree with that absolutely like, uh, you know um you know kind of the <laughs> yeah, stuff matt, matt was talking about last week too yeah. Of NFTs. yeah yeah that, that's that was a spicy episode that and a lot spicy, of people like re- really like responded to it i was like wow okay um but but they're not wrong in that there are some toxic parts of nfts mm-hmm. it's about well what positives can we take out of this and what good things yeah. can we continue to use yeah i think there's a lot of good things you know like it's a, a means for people to actually capitalize on their digital art which is 100%. i think mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. For me, some of like the cultural things about it are a little dicey in certain mm-hmm. places. But that's not a comment on the entire community. It's just you know specific aspects. And I feel like everyone should be able to tackle or approach NFTs how they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, you know, do all the tropey things that people do. You sh- if you just want to post your stuff, sell it, you know, that's cool. But yeah, that's the thing. That's what I miss too. It's just scrolling and just seeing cool art for the sake of seeing yeah. cool arts and not yeah. being like, oh, buy this. Yeah. There's a void yeah. for sure. There's yeah. a void in that, you know? But, well, oh, but, yeah. But I'm just going to no, say too ahead, that just also impacts how the work is created too. Mm-hmm. Now it's like these little mm. vignettes or these little collectibles. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's all technical. It's not artistic, I, right? Yeah, like, I'm, it, it's yeah. Just I just miss that little, even if it's twenty seconds, something that like explores a new idea, a new theme. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. You don't really see that as much, yeah. Anymore, especially mm-hmm. with the collectibles. Like collectibles, mm-hmm. everyone's just hoping that they can get the next ape. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. oh, that these collectibles are going to turn into the next ape, and it's like yeah. you know, then you see like. Mechaverse, <laughs> a it's drastic really, fall yeah. from you know fall from grace but it's like, i think that whole area is just like all, all the like super collectible all that it, that is so far out of the mograph realm at this point i think so too. you know what it i mean is. yeah 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 i don't know i i, don't know. I for me i still i <laughs> i really love good you know good artist art and another another crappy part about this is like in early days of nifty gateway and early days of nfts and stuff i started collecting certain people's art you know because i really enjoyed their artwork you know like uh blake catherine one of my favorite artists i say it all the time i love collecting her art you know but a lot of these artists are getting too expensive for me now that's why i really like yeah. the open edition stuff at the beginning but any mm-hmm. artist any nft artist who did really well in an open edition previously is now hurting really bad yeah. because they had so many editions out there you know that's mm-hmm. why so many of them are doing these burn mechanics and stuff like that yeah, in order to up. make yeah. in order to make you know less and less numbers of those pieces of art out there yeah. But it's yeah. like I I think I think it will get to a point where when it becomes easily accessible, where an artist can post something and then easily sell it, you know, in the same place that they're displaying their stuff, and like they can make it fifty bucks, something like that, you know, you'll be able to collect it. it it'll bring back the same uh uh hick hick and yuck like feeling Feel. <laughs> that people yeah. had where it's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to make some cool art. I'm going to sell it for like five bucks Buy my art. It's, it's fine. You know, I got like 20 pieces Buy it, you know, 
It's yeah. like the buying and selling and trading and stuff. That's I like collecting my friend's artwork, but some of it is just so expensive now. Yeah. You know? Gotta make Dutch money. Gotta make that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta invest my money and then, you know, invest it all in render tokens. Yeah. yeah. Render well, tokens, that's where it's I mean, I'm, I'm glad Allegedly. people could also make Allegedly. that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think yeah. it's cool too because it provides an avenue for people to make just like a lot more money yeah. than they thought they could have. And I've seen like talented artists yeah. achieve that, which has been great. Yeah, um, absolutely. I don't know what the longevity is, but you know, if I think if you could make some coin, yeah, I think that's that's also dope. But yeah. f- I just remember, like, when was it? Twenty twenty one. It was just <laughs> yeah, a right. while last year. This time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, oh my gosh, it was in full hype mode, and you start questioning your life. It's like, oh man, if someone could just make all this money doing NFTs, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But you know, uh, it's all about, I guess, long. Jeopardy. And you know, I think if you could make mm-hmm. a career in NFTs, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, if you, if you didn't want to do that as well, you know, being a professional, still consistent, um, you get work until you, know, you don't want it anymore. Oh yeah, anymore mm-hmm. as well. There's a lot of work out there right now yeah. too. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. you've got so many people retiring. All these big companies you know needing help and stuff like that it's been missing artists because they all went off to do nfts absolutely that's another big thing like a bunch of these big name artists went off to go do nfts and it's like that left a lull in our in our you know industry it's like someone's gonna fill it i'm totally fine with filling that hole (laughs) yeah Yeah. like i've been you know staff at a cash for like you know i've been there since 2018 and studios still hit me up yeah <laughs> like yeah i don't you know i don't freelance like that anymore but yeah if there's yeah. a demand they're gonna reach out yeah yeah totally matt you got two more of these you got two more Maker's I'm, I'm excited about this oh, next so one by excited. the way yeah uh yi ying lu uh and block show doing a, a thing for new kids on the block Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's the name of their thing is New Kids on the Block. Maybe oh, it's not I thought it was for New, New Kids on the I, Block. Yeah, because I'm looking oh. at it. I just looked at the, the title, and it's like got the little oh. icons, and I'm like, oh, okay, these are just the New Kids on the Block. It's oh. not New Kids wah, on the Block. Wah. That's a shame because... I, I thought was, it was because they have their new... Like, oh, yeah. Their new if y'all haven't heard single. that new New Kids on the Block song uh, that just came out a few weeks ago, it is fire it is so good it is so good yeah <laughs> all right last one we got is, Ooh, this uh, is on the 7th uh jonathan nash is doing one called uh playing the market yeah hodl hodl this pump, is pretty pump it yeah i mean you know it's your same typical nft right tropes, All the tropes. and stuff yeah. like that uh-huh. a little play off of it like That's uh funny. uh fall guys you know that's what i see it's good work. Oh, yeah, it's very it's pretty fall guyish. yeah it's super pretty but oh, yeah really. so that's last one and yeah. uh yeah that's that's all i got for the the drop if you or anyone you love is uh uh doing a drop feel free to email us uh info at mograph.com we'll show it on the show um totally oh oh we almost missed him oh, <laughs> almost hey, made it. hey what's How's up it going what's up dorby <laughs> Yeah, I, I almost didn't make it because I was at the um, flea market. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Connie, I wanted to come work with you at Square, but I only run in circles. 
<laughs> then I found out they changed their name to Block, which is good because I can run circles around the block. Uh, oh, bars. Yeah. 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 At least I can run, though, unlike my buddy from work. You know what his name is? Matt. Doesn't matter. Matt. Doesn't matter. He won't come when you call him anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dale. Dale. Yo, I, I will say that that was a bar. I like the run around the block. Was, okay, bye. That was good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Short and sweet, Dorpy. That's good. Are you following anybody? Like, are, do you, are you collecting anybody's any, NFTs specifically? Uh, not really. I'm just in the Twitter sphere. Mm. Um... So you can't Just, help but be on NFT TikTok. Yeah, you're going to see it. Yeah. yeah. TikTok, Twitter. Twitter NFT Twitter. Yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, TikTok's still running? Okay, cool. No one's there? watching. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the regular show. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the regular show. Just right at home. Right. Cool. Why don't you play us Nothing out, like Matt? Because I know we're on a time limit. Thousands and thousands of hours of content for no one to watch. <laughs> there you go. It's the American way. Uh, yeah, I already did it. And then you brought oh, yeah. up Dorpy. So, yeah, let's get back That's to the regular right. show. Drop, drop, drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. And we're back and to we're the regular back. show. Yeah. Connie, thank you so much for being on the show today. We got, uh, we no got worries. links. We're going to be putting links up in the show notes, and uh, we'll, we'll link to your site and everything. And, mm-hmm. But also let everybody know where they can find you on the interwebs if they want to check out your sweet work. Got it. Hit Are my you oh, Instagram? Just, just Are right you still Instagramming? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vimeo.com slash Sakani. Yes, I still use Vimeo. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I know. not ashamed to admit it. Uh, at Sakani underscore Solomon for Insta. At Sakani double underscore Solomon oh. for Twitter. Okay. I'll make sure to put that in the, in the notes. That's going to be hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. You got cool. this oh no, I'm lying. It's just at Sakani Solomon for Insta. I don't oh, even know see, my I own need to link it. <laughs> Jeez, I'm the worst. Oh, <laughs> um, d- dude, thanks so much for like hanging out with us. Like, it's, it's yeah, been man. too long. Like, we're jonesing to hang out with you in person again. Yeah, you know, like back in the day. Yeah, Chad hit me know. up. He's like, you're not coming to NAV. I'm like, damn. Yeah, everyone's yeah. super pumped. Now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get cash to pay for that. Be like, hey, there you go. Research. I really need I really R&D. Need to, yeah, yeah. R&D. Yeah, plus mental health. Plus mental health. Yeah. Right? Plus mental health. Yeah, I think, I think it would be great one day, too, if you could, you know, start presenting some of the work uh, that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Formats, yeah, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. When you were in New York with us a couple of years ago, you showed off that cloth stuff that you did. I think it was Marvelous Designer. And yeah, yeah. I would love to see more of what you're doing with some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a cool project, too. Yeah. Cool. We're going to cool. get out of here. You can rate us on iTunes, leave a review, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice, help get our ratings up and things, subscribe to our newsletter. I think we got one going out. Did it already go out? Is it going out this week? I don't know. Maybe this I week. haven't looked at it. I should probably do that. You can say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, Paul Bab, Feel the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits <laughs> from that go to Doctors Without Borders. Get yourself one. Uh, render Things, t-shirt, hoodie, long sleeve tee. Uh, the MoGraph Blandishment shirt, and of course the That Render is Fire shirt, which you are only allowed to wear, ironically. Unless, unless you're, you're Shams. Because yeah. she says fire all the time. You see, that's that's the <laughs> that's, joke. That's the joke. Oh, yeah. Boy. 
And we're on. Uh, oh, there's oh, the pup. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh man. The other door. I forgot. Pee. I forgot to put it. Put him up before the show, and this is the first like podcast that he's actually been able to sit through. Nice. He's normally in his crate, aren't you? <laughs> so excited. And uh, yeah, and that's about it. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, MoGraph.com. Thanks again for being on. Till next time. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. I'm Sakani. Have a good one. Later, yo. Allegedly. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.